Hey everyone, what's up? Have you heard of The Penny Black? The Penny Black, if you love documentaries, film noirs, and just immersive stories, which may or may not be true, I would check out The Penny Black. It's it's a movie that still, even after several weeks after checking it out, I'm still thinking about it. And it was really cool for us over at the Find Your Film podcast to have director Joe Saunders and producer Alex Greer on to talk about the veracity or maybe the fakeness behind The Penny Black. It's really an interesting movie and act- or documentary, movie documentary, however you want to see it. This documentary, after you watch it, it continues to live on because Saunders and Greer, Greer they actually worked five to six years on this project and they're actually uploading clips and deleted scenes from the dock that is actually housed on their website. So after watching The Penny Black, where you can actually find it on all pretty much all digital platforms, after renting it or purchasing it, go to the website and check out some more information regarding the documentary. Now here's, if you don't know anything about The Penny Black, here is a plot synopsis. I'm just going to look at my computer. I'm really bad at, I, I, I don't want to really, it's, it's such a really in- interesting film. I'm just going to take the log line straight from their website, thepennyblackmovie.com. Here you go. The estranged son of a con man fights temptation, paranoia, and his own nefarious legacy as he searches for the rightful owner of a mysterious million-dollar stamp collection. This movie is, this documentary is basically set in Los Angeles, and the main character, the main person, is his name is Will Cassette-Smith, and he's friends with the filmmakers behind the Penny Black. And again, like I said, they spent five to six years making this project and completing it. So it is a labor of love, but for most importantly, selfishly for the viewer, for the viewer, it's just a really intense and fun and again, immersive experience. It it still has stuck with me several weeks after watching the Penny Black. During the interview, during the interview, they also talked about how they're trying to make this documentary into a movie as well. They're currently working on a treatment for the Penny Black, and they're thinking of one of their wish lists for the person to play Will Cassette Smith is Caleb Landry Jones, which for the purposes, if you've seen the documentary, Caleb would be a perfect choice. No matter what the case, I hope a movie is actually made because this is such an interesting documentary just as it stands alone, and I would love to see an entire world built from this doc. My... uh, Co-hosts Bruce Perky and and Eric Holmes also love this this documentary, and they all three of us ask not softball questions but hard hitting questions to to both Alex and Joe, and they they were all game for this interview, and it, it was really cool. So definitely check out the Penny Black via digital platforms, and also you can actually purchase or rent the Penny Black via the website. Now, it's better if you act if you've actually watched The Penny Black first and then this documentary, I mean this interview will give you some really value-added information regarding creative directions they decided to take in completing the project and if you have questions about some of the some of the characters about Will's trustworthiness, where the heck did Roman go after shooting was completed, what happened to the stamp book and all that stuff. If you have all these kind of questions, you won't be able to really fully enjoy, I think in my opinion, the full interview unless you actually watch the Penny Black right off the top. Okay? And for people who've actually already seen it, I'm going to start stop talking and blubbering right now and and I'm here's the interview with Joe Saunders and Alex Greer I'm joined with my betters Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes for this find your film podcast interview with the filmmakers behind this awesome documentary 
the Penny Black. Take care, guys. And also, leave a comment below. Tell us what you think about the Penny Black, if you think it's real or, or fake or maybe a little bit of both. We'd love to hear your initial thoughts, your overall thoughts regarding this project. Okay? Take care, guys. Thanks again for supporting here, us here over at Find Your Film. And please like our this video and, and uh, join our Deepest Dream, that's Deepest Dream YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. I'm going to be posting up a lot more stuff just in the coming days, in the coming years, a lot of, I have a lot of whole, a lot of old archive interviews from my 20, 30 years plus of doing interviews. I'll be uploading that stuff as well on the site, along with material from the Find Your Film podcast and the Cinematics podcast I do with my buddy Anderson Cowan. Again, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna shut up now. Most importantly, here is Saunders and Greer talking about the Penny Black. I love this movie so much. I mean, I love this documentary so much. Maybe they're a little bit of both. Take care, guys. Bye. Hey everyone, we're back for another week of Find Your Film. We have some special guests for this episode. I'm very, very, actually, me, Bruce Perky, and Eric Holmes are very, very excited to welcome the Penny Black filmmakers. We have director Joe Saunders with us, and we have producer Alex Greer. Alex, oh yeah, good. You unmuted your mic. I, I thought I accidentally tried to shut you up, and I, I promise I won't do that during the purposes, for the purposes of the show. First of all, just heads up, all three of us are huge fans of this documentary of the Penny Black I have a bunch of hard-hitting questions, I guess, or maybe they might be soft. I don't know if they're softball or hard-hitting, but hopefully we'll get to the point regarding the true mysteries behind the Penny Black. But first off, welcome Alex and Joe. Anything else we want to just start off with the Penny Black? Just in general, Joe, what kind of, or and Alex, what kind of reactions have you received in the past couple of weeks from people who've seen your documentary? Um, I mean, kind of all over the board. I mean, it's been fairly positive in terms of the press. Uh, but just to set that aside for a second and say, listening to your podcast was one of the most fun, like the probably the most fun I've had since finishing this project. So thank you guys for getting so involved in the debate. And I'm sure we're going to get there. Uh, but um, but it was it was really it was really fun to to see and be called dickheads. That was fun too. <laughs> <laughs> and and thank you so much, Joe, because secretly we all hate each other. So it's a it's a nice thing that you're, you actually got us smiling. But in, in general, Alex, Joe, just you've gotten some really good reactions from people in general. What kind of have, have people called you out or have people just really bought in hook, line, and sinker? Um, I mean, there there's always some suspicion, even when we were pitching this before we finished the documentary, when we would just be pitching it to, to raise money or whatever, um, you know, we pitched as a documentary. And then after we were done pitching, they would say, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is a documentary. And so we, we've been aware that there's a really sensational kind of um, story going on here that's hard to believe. And, and it's been, I, I, we've gone through different waves on it. Um, when it was playing the festival circuit, there would be some Q and A's that um, we would try and kind of nip that conversation in the bud because, you know, we worked on this for six years or longer. And um, it, it, at first it was kind of like, haha, we're working on something that people don't believe. That's so, that's so fun. And then it became, why aren't people believing us? <laughs> like we got really angry about it. <laughs> And then, um, you know, we tried to figure out ways in which we could, you know, you know, p- part of our ending, like the very ending of this movie, we changed in order to like, and it felt really weird because we were, we were changing the ending in order to make something that we knew was real, seem more realistic. 
Uh, and that was just like, if you, if you're interested in finding out more about the film, you can go to our website and see our, all of our deleted scenes and all of that stuff. And that was to hopefully give people a sense that, you know, there's a ton of, ton of footage here that we didn't use and cutting six years down into 90 minutes leaves you with some continuity holes that, that people, you know, could take or assume as, oh, there's dots that aren't connecting. So we tried to like connect all those dots through, through our website, but that kind of backfired because some people didn't like the fact that the story doesn't end. It keeps going, even though this is real life and, you know, our stories don't end as neatly as we want them to, however much editing can be involved in that. So. Well, there's also like misreading, I think uh, on that. Like, I think people thought that we were trying to extend the end of our narrative past uh, the runtime of the movie. And like, that the end of our movie is very much the end of this like we feel like that's a conclusive like you know denouement uh moment uh and the bonus stuff is is bonus stuff okay very cool so i'm going to unleash the hounds eric holmes bruce perky have at these filmmakers and uh yeah so well for, first of all uh, we that last part you said about kind of paring the movie down and then the the recognizing that the bonus stuff is bonus stuff I, I have to commend you on that because a lot of uh, filmmakers feel that uh, everything I did is art and it all needs to be on this light, you know, big thing. So I, I do appreciate that. And I'm an idiot. Was this like, how real was this? Was it like, cause I, uh, you heard the podcast and I had a issue. I took issue with how uh, the, the subject was treated towards the end, but like how much was he in on that and how much of it was real or was it all fabricated or, and I'm just an idiot or. Oh. No, I mean, it, it's, I, I think it's a fair criticism to, to suspect that, especially, you know, as, as a critic and as someone who's, who's, you know, watching movies to form an opinion, like, I, I don't think that's a terrible opinion to form. However, this is all hundred percent real. Like everything you're seeing is hundred percent real. Will is a super shady guy. Um, he's also a friend and those two things can coexist. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and he loves this movie and it's the oddest thing. And I, I've kind of gotten used to it, but the first time we showed it to him, we were really nervous. Like we were like, you know, he, he doesn't come off that great in this. Like what's if, he, and his cooperation was paramount to like this movie being made. He could have at any point pulled the plug and just being like, I don't want to do this anymore. So we were really, one of the hardest things of this movie was treating him with that kind of care that, you know, we needed to get what we needed to get and tell the story that we needed to tell as honestly as it was happening, but we didn't want to scare him off or make him feel like he was being put in a bad light. And that, that dance was really the hardest thing about this movie. And in the end, he, he loved it. Like he watches it. And I was telling this to Alex the other day. Um, my, <laughs> I have an ex-girlfriend who was a writer and she wrote this article about a camping trip we had. And it was like, we were in that stage of, we, we kind of knew it wasn't going to work out. So we were fighting a lot. And um, we went camping and had this really weird experience with this, this man we met there who um, was kind of scary. And anyway, she wrote this article and I come off not in the best light, um, but I love it. And I sent it out to everybody. Like I sent it out to Alex. I was talking about this to Alex the other day. I was like, do you remember that story that Nikki wrote about me? And he was like, yeah, I remember you don't come off that good, <laughs> but I still really like it. And I get, and that's the closest comparison I can think that Will is feeling. 
Like we spent six years with this guy, you know, who's also kind of a friend and we would get beers after shoots and stuff. And um, we dedicated this much time to crafting what he sees as a time capsule as a part of his life that's reflected honestly, even though he doesn't come off that great. And he appreciates that. And he still, he sees value in that. So he, he likes it and um, I'm used to it now, but, but yes, a hundred percent of what you're seeing on screen happened. I mean, you know, it's cut from five years into 90 minutes. So there's. So, so now I got another question then. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Cause uh, the, the movie's out. Has Roman seen this? No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you may. And if Roman sees this, is he going to come looking for that other book? That's a good question. And I've asked, and I've asked Will that. Um, And he, Will doesn't think so, but Will is also, you know, kind of, I don't know. He he doesn't view fear in the way that most people do. Um, Roman, I reached, we finally found after, after looking for him again, after that, after he leaves the bar, the smart thing would have been to, to run up to him and, you know, be like, Hey, sorry, we were just filming this, uh, you know, you know, cause he didn't seem that dangerous at the bar. He just like, he was in a good mood, I guess. And, um, for, Oh, he had, he hadn't had a beer in over a year. That was something that we cut out. Uh, and he had two beers that night. So I think who knows what happened that night, but anyway, um, I finally reached back out to him. Um, he was in Phoenix I told him about the documentary. He signed a release and he was up for doing an interview and he didn't, he didn't see the documentary. I told him what it was about, that it was about the stamps that will held on to forever and like the search for him. And he was pretty giddy about that. He, or like he, he found that to be uh, ridiculous, but funny. Uh, <laughs> and he was totally, he was totally into it. And um, he was down to do an interview and then COVID happened. And, and then I lost touch with him. Then I, I like have a string of texts like, Hey, you know, are you still up for doing this or are you still around? And just nothing, which seems to be his MO. He just pops up and then he disappears. Oh, that sets so, you up for a uh, penny black too. the search for Roman again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just follow Will around and wait for Roman to just show up out of the side. <laughs> because well, I was going to say, because I mean, Will, like we're all, wondering about i mean you guys are obviously wondering about it too i mean you're like hey you got this new boat where did that come from oh mom bought it hey where does this awesome new car you have oh yeah it's it's cool you know <laughs> and it's like it's pretty it looks a little bit scary okay i do have another question that's kind of unrelated to this particular line i have to know more about and you may have this on the supplemental information which i haven't viewed yet i have to know more about that visit to that family or whatever in the desert how many stamps were you given it was like one big book and two kind of smaller books. Like binders? Yeah. Colored binders? Like uh, colorful? They were like, a, a, the spines were different colors. The actual surfaces were like a snakeskin type. You don't thing. have them? Uh, I now? Uh, I have one of them. You have one of with them? With them, yeah. And do you know if they're stolen or what they, it, you don't know anything? What made you um, find me? Beside being online and seeing the article. Well, there, there's the, the person who has this, who gave me these stamps has a lot of connections to Arizona as well. Okay. Um, we think. Okay. Right? Uh, at least he said that he did. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of, uh, it's a pretty small world, right? Right. For there to be stamps of the same dollar value, stamps that, that, that were stolen from your family. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
because that's important for me to know your story. So sure, absolutely. I can kind of understand because this was this was a major FBI investigation. My uncle, we pretty much are sure, was murdered. Really used to tell me when I die mm-hmm. and you're ready to cash these in you don't take any less than a million they're worth a million and he yeah. knew because he had them appraised and everything right. he didn't know he's old sure. he's you know at a mall showing his stamps off well they put it in the paper Yeah. so of course anybody that's not a good guy sees that and says oh this old man I can knock off yeah. the feds felt the whole collection would be broken up and sold independently yeah. did that have stamps in it that binder the one that we they recovered yeah, we did identify those, right? Yep. Yeah, we went in and identified those. The four Mexicans trying to get across the border, along with some of the stamps. They're Mexicans. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yes. And for you to get them, yeah. you know, you only got a bag of them. What, two, three binders? Yeah. I can't even tell you how many binders there were. We're talking boxes. Yeah. The ones from U-Haul. Right. That's what they were in. Wow. Five of them. And didn't, uh, didn't Roman say that he had, like, a whole U-Haul? He said he had a lot, yeah. He did say something along the lines of he had a whole U-Haul. That'd be them. That was, to me, the scariest moment in the movie. And what was it like being there, and how nervous or not nervous were you guys in that situation? All right, I need to, I need to set this. Alex, set, Alex tell, tell him about Waipuna first. before. Yeah, we... yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, God, but how did we even come across Waipuna? We just did blanket emails, right? We just, like, Oh, yeah, because we were... We were we, well, we were responding to, they, they put up that um, that ad. They put up like a post of like, you know, uh, if anybody finds their stamps, $10,000, no uh, questions asked, reward. So we just responded to it. It was old too. And we ended up getting an email back from a woman who called herself Vipuna. Uh, and uh, she said like, she has a lot of stuff to tell us about these stamps. Uh, please contact her immediately. And so we called her and we have this recorded. It's like a, 40 minute long conversation that we can't use, unfortunately, where she talks about how like she has to keep herself a secret from her sister because she's had like recurring nightmares that like her sister is stabbing her to death that like she thinks would be realized if they ever like found each other in real life. And this was all like precipitated by these stamps and the stealing of them and like the dissolution of their family at, at the cost of it. But yeah, that's my Puna. And she put us in touch with, um, with Bonnie. And this was the one shoot that I actually didn't go on. I don't know if you remember it, Joe. It was the, I was out of town. Is that the yeah. country? So yeah, Alex goes out of town. We're going to meet up with this woman who her sister is so afraid of that she, that she doesn't have any communication with her. She has nightmares about her and uh doesn't know where where she lives so i i'm going to this woman's house uh with will who i don't trust to get my back (laughs) and an intern uh named hannah lacy who is doing our production sound has never done sound before (laughs) that's our crew so we get there and the first person we see is Corey who's uh, Bonnie's son. And, you know, he looks like an interesting guy, but also someone who could take care of himself if he needed to. And, and yeah, and that scene plays out. I mean, what, like one of the goals that Alex and I had when we were editing this, we both edited this together was to recreate the emotional feeling we had through these, through this journey as best we could. 
And, you know, some of that we wanted to recreate for Will. And then obviously when there's kind of a narrative handoff to us, we wanted to recreate for us. But that that scene in, in Bonnie's house, when Corey comes over and starts looking through the stamps, I thought that was, I thought we were done for. Like, I, I you know... The, there's a certain the, cam- know, the camera keeps veering over to see Corey, yeah. and it's I just like I don't know if you guys are, <laughs> have have ever been in that or, or like our filmmakers and have been filming something that is potentially dangerous, but you just kind of zone out and suddenly yeah. you just like start watching it as if it's a screen of TV and like you're disassociated from it. And it's a cool video. Oh shit! There's a meteor coming towards me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You just kind of you you just like it's, it's like some weird escapism and. I knew in the back of my head that I should be afraid and I was, you know, I was kind of ready to protect Hannah if something were, were to happen. But, um, but for the most part, I was just like, if something crazy is going to happen, I just need to make sure it's in focus. Like that's, like, that was my main concern when we were, when we were in that scene, but it, it was scary. It was, it was really weird. We were in an unfamiliar place the, the things that Bonnie was saying, the stories that she was telling were, were out of this world. And she was pretty convinced those were her stamps. And yeah, it was, it was bizarre. Just no, I remember you walked away from that going, uh, <laughs> holy shit, we just captured uh, in real life that scene from Boogie Nights where the drug deal goes wrong. I was yeah. just going to say that. That's what it felt like. Um, yeah. And last thing at all. I was gonna say she got the rights to Sister Christian. That's yes. it's Chinese. <laughs> Corey's back there throwing firecrackers down. I was gonna say <laughs> before I pass it back over to my cohorts. Last thing is, I think Vipuna. I'm pretty sure that that's a character from Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. That's just my guess. Is it? Oh. No, I'm just I'm just making that up. I'm just I don't know. Oh, gotta like love what a Russ Meyer influence. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I could see Vipuna in there. Okay. Um, so I, I got a kind of a technical question, I guess, because I've never made a, a documentary, but like I've, I've seen kind of behind the scenes sometimes. And I, have you guys had to do like a um, reshoots isn't the right word, but maybe you kind of know what I'm stepping in. Like, um, like, uh, you know, the, the camera wasn't on. Hey, can you come back and just walk up to that door again? Like had, how much of that kind of stuff was, was in there or have you had to contend with anything like that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, there was, there were definitely like um, when we would shoot with Will uh, for instance, like when it was the three of us, like when we were at the, the last bookstore uh, and he was kind of doing the stamp appraisal, like there was, there was some direction involved in that. You know, I, I would, set the camera to a nice shot and you know i'd be like okay go ahead and you know enter the bookstore now and he would walk into the shot you know uh, but as far as like what he would do or say like with with the camera rolling like we just tried to capture it best we could yeah. uh, but there was on there the was flip side of that though the you know you should tell the story about uh, him finally reading his dad's email right um so at the end of the at the end of the documentary I asked him if he's read his dad's email yet and he hadn't. Um, so Alex and I went away with the footage we had. I mean, we were actually when Roman, sorry, this is a quick digression, but when Roman left the bar uh, and he, and he says to Will, um, get it, text, text me sooner. I'll kill you. Or he says something like that as a joke. And it's really weird. 
um, and he walks off. What he's referring to is he said he had a present for Will. And we cut that out because that never makes, never comes back in. And we didn't want to confuse people, you know, where they were already confused. So, but he said he had something, he had a present for Will for bringing in the stamps. And we thought that was the ending of our movie. So we kept trying to reach out to him to get, get that to that shoot, to get this present, whatever Roman was going to give him. Um, and then he disappeared again and we were never able to find him. So we kept like this production alive for probably a year after that, just tr- hoping that that exchange would happen. And it didn't. And then Alex and I just said, you know what, fuck it. We're going to go edit this thing with what we have and see if we have an ending in here. And so we did. Will got that boat. It was crazy. We we're like, all right, well, that's the ending. And, um, and after we cut it all together, which is basically the cut you guys saw, um, we showed it to Will a couple times just to get his, feedback and i was coming in town into back into la and i asked him just just for just to see i was like do you think you you're comfortable reading your dad's email and he said yes and we were like oh all right well uh let's um let's we should shoot it and he's like okay and we'd already finished the the doc at this point and we were like if this is gold we're gonna have to like go back into re-edit and so he, he came up to my apartment, which was a place we hadn't really filmed yet. And um, he read the, he read the email. Uh, it was really emotional. It was really well written. His dad's a fantastic writer. And I've since read articles that he's, he's written. Um, and Will was in tears. And after he finished it, it was a long email. After he finished it, kind of just looked up and was just like, Whoa. And I was like, well, how do you feel now? Do you, do you feel any different to your dad? And he was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. And his voice was all wobbly. Um, and I asked him to read it again because he read it so fast that I, I couldn't really hear every word and he refused. Um, and I don't think he's read it again since. And it was, it was such a nice, it was such a nice, uh, you know, moment that we were able to share together at the conclusion of this whole thing. And I don't think he would have read it had he not seen the documentary couple times and like let that you know denial of what his of what he's still holding on to from his father like I think that finally sunk in he was able to read this email but his attitude towards his dad didn't change so I we felt that because emotionally he didn't change his attitude towards his dad the ending of the of the cut with the boat still still stood yeah it's like on top of that Sorry, point, point being on top of that, too, like there were definitely moments where we had to, you know, uh, direct in order to get something that would make sense in the cut. But there were also definitely moments where uh, we would try to get something again or in a certain way that it would make sense to the cut when we very much chafed up against the reality that we were filming, you know, a real story with real people and real trauma. And like there were only a certain limit that we could go sometimes. Now you guys I, have fought. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was going to say with the with the with his email though. It sounds like it was a real personal kind of beautiful moment uh, for all you guys. And I think in the what you have in the documentary, the email kind of works as a MacGuffin, kind kind of a MacGuffin anyway. And and the the ending, I, I think it's satisfying and it leaves sort of a mystery out there. But uh, it, it's good to know that uh, that you know he did read the email. And that moment, you know, that moment exists and maybe that's good enough sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was, 
so when you look at this like filmmakers i had all like alex and i were always drawn to the story of him of will and his father and that relationship and how not 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 only is this a very odd situation for anybody this like weird russian neighbor gives you a bag of stamps that he says are worth a million dollars that's a weird situation but it's it's even weirder when you when it's given to the son of a con artist who got busted for selling counterfeit art you know and left such an impression on their offspring that they hate them you know so how does that shape your motivations within this within this you know film noir novel that was dropped on your lap and that was the interesting thing for Alex and I and in my mind in my filmmaker mind the beautiful ending was him coming to realize that you know he's better than his father and he can read his email and forgive him for his sins because Will has been tempted to sell the stamps um so he kind of knows that they could like the the idea of what it is to like make easy money illegally, like, you know, Will got a taste of it. He kind of can understand his dad a little bit and he forgives it. Like that was my, you know, he reads the email and it's like, he forgives him and that's great. Obviously that's not what happened. That, that didn't, that's not what happened in real life. But um, so that's why we were like pretty disappointed that he didn't read it in the end and, and was more affected by it. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking, okay, so both of you have understandably a verite approach to making the documentary. That's how it should be. But with Will, what would happen just hypothetically four or five years down the line, right? And your, your Penny Black website with, you, you can, I'm sure it's a website, hopefully that will con- continue to grow because you guys have so much footage and updates and whatnot. Let's just say hypothetically, Will sits both of you down and says, the whole premise of the movie is his father being a con artist. And like you were talking about the theme of the movie of the documentary. And he says, you know what? I made the entire thing up. Roman's my buddy. That one full year you had that space that you guys had where we were just gone. Me and Roman, we were figuring something out. And the reason why I can't get Roman is because you just can't find him. And then he gives me, maybe he gives you Roman's address and text and new, new number. And he says that boat is, actually from the stamps, et cetera, et cetera, all of this stuff. And that would tie into your entire documentary. And actually, your, in many ways, your thesis, just wondering, just throwing that out there for you guys. How would you feel? How would you react? Because even though he's a good friend of both of yours, the whole premise of this movie is it's very beguiling and, I, and alluring and immersive. And there's so many directions you can take the Penny Black in. I'll answer. Well, Alex is a closer friend with him, uh, but I'll, I'll answer first. And um well, A, we, we know he wasn't lying about his dad because we did a certain amount of background research on that. So um, I, I, I wouldn't buy that, obviously. But if he was to say that he knew Roman and, and Roman was somehow in on something that Alex and I were unaware of, I would believe it. <laughs> like I, I would, I, I wouldn't surprise me. I'd be like, what the fuck, man? Like, why? But I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be super surprised. I mean, at one point we thought that at one point when we couldn't find Roman and we, in the stamp stamps went missing, you know, we, we started questioning what his relationship to Roman was. And it, is there some, is there, I mean, we went in so many different directions on this, but is there a reason why he doesn't want us to meet up with Roman? Like maybe it started as some kind of a lie 
and then he didn't want us to know the truth. So Roman was like, he, he was giving us misinformation to find Roman and was telling us he was some Russian guy when really he was, you know, not, or I don't know, we didn't know, but um, I don't know. It was pretty convincing when we met Roman that, um, I mean, Rowan must be a really good actor if that's the case. <laughs> like that. But anyway, Alex, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? I would love it. I would think it was great. I'd be so goddamn impressed. Uh, I wouldn't even be mad. <laughs> you know, shit, we got a great movie out of it. And uh, I like puzzles myself and I like games. So like if I was gamed for seven years, that's one of the best immersive experiences I've never had to pay for. Also, though, like, I think if he sat us down and told us that, we wouldn't have to change a thing about the movie because the entire premise and the entire conclusion of the movie still works. You know, Will talking about, like, being able to do a con well could apply to both, uh, you know, the events that you see within the film or, like, the existence of the film itself. It's awesome. Thank you guys so much for spending time with us. But before we leave, we want to ask you guys some some of your uh, favorite movies. So some of our listeners, along with watching The Penny Black, will check it out themselves. So what are some of your favorite films and what would you recommend for our listeners to watch? I mean, if you're into this movie, you know, a movie, probably my my the most visceral theatrical experience I've ever had in my life was watching the game. Uh, David Fincher's The Game. I came out of that theater suspicious of everybody, and um, I, I don't know that 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 movie. I, I think parallels this movie a little bit. I don't want to give ourselves like Fincher vibes, but um, I will. <laughs> but but yes, but seriously, like like when you know when you don't really know, you know, you really start battling with the the ending of It's All a Dream, and that's like one of these you know, I went to film school and it's one of, it's one of these things that you always are told to stay away from. Like, it's all a dream. Like, you know, listening to other people's dreams is boring. You know, it's only interesting if they say, Oh, you were in it, but yeah, like the, the Fincher movie somehow keeps, it keeps it going despite the fact that, you know, everything is exactly as it says it is. It's called the game. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but anyway, but yeah, the, the Penny Black, I feel like, steals a little bit from from that. And and you, great choice, by the way. And you, you, Alex, how about you? There, uh, I apologize to your sound editor. There's a helicopter uh, <laughs> audible in the background, but there might be a helicopter audible in the background. Um, but uh, I mean, if you like this, if you like this movie, uh, like I think the movies that we drew on a little bit and were inspired by, and that like play similarly, uh, I would check out Tickled. Um, you know, uh, Catfish is an old one, obviously, that was great on that level. Uh, the Imposter or the Ambassador, or both of those, mm. but also, like, uh, you know, we get so many um requests to turn this into uh, a feature film, like a, a feature narrative, uh, which we're going to do. Um, but like one of the first documentaries I remember that played out like a perfect fiction feature was uh, King of Kong, which is mm. one of my favorite docs of all time, I think. That thing just plays out perfectly. Um, but as, as far as weird docs go and favorite docs go, I wanted to recommend, and I got to pull this up again, cause I never remember how to say the name, uh, symbio psycho taxi plasm take one it's on the criterion, uh, you know, spines or whatever. And it's about this 
director who's shooting either like an indie movie or just like a scene, just like an exercise scene. And he hires a documentary crew to film the making of the movie. And then like uh, a few days in, he hires a second documentary crew to film the first documentary crew that's filming the making of the movie. And they keep getting in each other's ways in the filming, both like the documentary crew, the second documentary crew and the filmmaking crew. And then they uh, all decide to gather together and mutiny and like uh, rebel against the director. And so, of course, when this happens, he goes out and hires a third documentary crew to film uh, the mutiny happening. It's like 70 minutes. Check it out. It's brilliant. It, it sounds like a Schenectady, but like the documentary version of it. 100%. All right. Thank you guys so much for your time. Bruce and Eric, do you have any uh, final shots? Yes. Oh, I was yes. going to say one oh, cut of the dead. I'll say one cut of the dead, too. That kind of goes along with what you're just saying as well. If you haven't seen one cut of the dead. I won't say anything else. Thanks, guys. Eric, I, I, have a last word. I, I just want to thank you guys for coming on here. And uh, two things. One, uh, I'm sure you guys got something coming up or uh, something you're working on. And you can tell us about that, obviously. If you have any sort of uh, Kickstarters, we'd like to know about it and tell all three of our listeners about it. And uh, the second thing, if you do find Roman, I can't speak for Greg or Bruce, but I would like to talk to Roman. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I would never. Us, you, if you, I'll never see Roman, and I'm, I'm even scared for you, Alex, that you outside. Okay, that's that's horrible that you're. There's you're helicopters doing. going around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <He's near. laughs> thanks for thanks for opening the windows for us to plug something. But we we don't have any Kickstarters at the moment, but we are uh, actively put it, making this a, a fiction film. So we're we're right now putting together a treatment to to start handing out to you know potential partners. So who's your dream actor? Dream actor for Will? Caleb Landry Jones. Okay. That's a great choice, by the way. That is an amazing, amazing choice because he's, he. well, I don't have to tell you guys, he's the perfect chameleon. And one last thing, guys, can you just plug your website and where can people find the Penny Black, et cetera? Where, where do you want to lead them to? Yeah, uh, thepennyblackmovie.com, and you can find it's playing on iTunes and Amazon, anywhere you rent or or buy uh, digital content, um, you'll find The Penny Black, but you can also click through our website. Okay, thank you guys so much for your time, and and please tell Will, all all the gloves are off, we we love him too, so. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. guys. Thank you, guys.